We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Way early this morning, Brad Higdon shared a major spoiler alert from everyone's favorite hit show, sad emojis to express his feelings about the plot twist, and a playlist he made to drown out his sorrows? Dude, oversharing alert. Brad, Geico has something worth sharing with those who haven't defriended you. Like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance at Geico.com. So stop moping about the post-apocalyptic world and start saving in the real world. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. 
Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit for a free contest entry today. I'm Clay Link, alongside Jake Latarski. Give Jake a follow on Twitter at jakeski52. I'm at Clay W. Link. Also, please rate and review the podcast if you get time. If you're still listening to the podcast, it means you're probably doing pretty well for yourself, and that's uh, that's good. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I diversified a lot in quite a few leagues, mm-hmm. have shares everywhere, and with daily, you know, it seems like uh, it's like a trust fund fantasy football. Now you, you have your, you hedge your bets. You have a share of everybody essentially somewhere. It feels like yep. uh, at the same time, you have a share of everybody going against you. So you know, if if a guy's really doing well for you a certain week. It also like it means he's he's hurting you. But congratulations if you're if you made it this far, you're still in it. Uh, if your playoffs are starting this week, huge huge implications. Uh, but Jake, first before we get into it, into the the week fourteen slate, we're going to be previewing every game, uh, running down the, the list of games. But before we get to that, I just want to go go off on a bit of a tangent and just uh, say that if you're this late in the season and, and you're in a commissioner league of a league and you haven't posted the, the payout structure anywhere, you did it in your league. And I did it in, in the one I run that you're in. Uh, we both laid that out pretty clearly, but if you haven't done that at this point in the season, what the hell are you doing? And what is everybody competing for? It just seems like uh, kind of Bush to get this late and then say, Oh, uh, how are we paying out? Exactly. I know that's one of the things that I make sure gets done before week one. Even there's no questions about mm-hmm. it. As long as you know the number of teams and the entry fee, uh, there's no reason to not figure out the, the payout structure. And actually, that reminds me, the league I commish, I need to uh, say who won the points totals for the year because the playoffs start next week and points totals are closed up. And, uh, and that is my, yours truly. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I was going to say, my boy Clay W. Link uh, coming through. Holding it down. But yeah. I, I think you finished. Uh, you didn't quite make a first round buy. No, third had, seed, but... Yeah, but you had the most points in the league, so mm-hmm. uh, good for you. Who are your big guys? Was that a Devontae Freeman league? That was the, the Devontae Freeman league, yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously he was huge. Also, you know, Jameis Winston was really big down the stretch. John Brown, who, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about tonight's game, just if you trust him, but uh, Adrian Peterson, Brandon Cooks, too, down the stretch after a disappointing start, really came on. Uh, PPR especially, he's been a really steady option. Yeah, Jameis, Mike Evans, uh, Travis Kelsey too, can't forget about him. It's, it's been a strong season. Also, Denver D. I mean, if we're talking fantasy MVPs, Denver D has been huge. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely not the first off everyone's board. I think Seattle is the consensus pick. But, mm-hmm. but Denver, uh, yeah, big time helping people win uh, a lot of leagues, almost like if you have the Ravens D in their Super Bowl year. We'll see if it pans out the same way, I suppose. Yeah, 23 points last week. It was shaky there for a little while. They had a kind of a tough stretch. But, I mean, if you want to talk about getting off to a good start, the, these contributions from your defense are going to help. 16, 22, 16, 10, 22, 17. Those kind of points from your your uh, defense. I mean, it's a tough, tough pill to swallow for your opponents, but uh, if you're on the other side of that, it's it's a real nice little boost to your, to your point total each week. Uh, but, yeah, it's getting back to the, the payout structure. You just have to outline that because if you get hit at this point in the season, you know, there's so many different uh, – you know, people have all different reasons to to want to you know chime in and say it should be a different way. Or if you throw it up to a vote now, it's like, well, I don't know. It's just like, well, no, I don't want to give out point uh, a payout for, for most total points because you know uh, somebody's already locked it up. They want to you know 
say, oh, I'd rather do it for the four playoff teams or you know, or just one through three. Yeah, and on that note, see, my personal preference is to do a pretty sizable payoff for total points. You know, at least I think 20, that's fair. At least twenty five percent for the winner. If if I don't like to pay overall record. Overall record is one of the flukiest no. things yeah. ever. The way I reward overall record is by giving the first and second place team in terms of record a first round bye in the playoffs because the toughest thing you can do is get to the playoffs and once you're there anything can happen but if you get that first round bye uh, you have a much better chance at winning you know you know the final prize which mm-hmm. I say is about 60% so you're helping yourself that much more then all you need is one win and you're guaranteed to cash so maybe mm-hmm. it's tough to put it in a one week or, or some playoffs do two weeks or a two week sample size but regardless, uh, I'm a big proponent of paying total points because that's where you can take a lot of the luck out of it, paying total points, and then after that, you know, just giving rec- rewarding record with those first mm-hmm. couple buys. And, and then, of course, big money for the playoff championship because there's nothing like sweating it out week 16. Yeah, I- I'm totally with you. And I was actually at- talking with this about James, or with uh, our colleague James Anderson a couple weeks ago, or earlier this week, actually, uh, getting get my weeks <laughs> running together a little bit here now, but... Uh, you know, I was asking him, are you in any leagues that don't pay out for, for most points? And he's like, well, actually, most of mine are our best record. And I'm like, wow, that's surprising to me. That's unreal. And you me. know what? I, I actually don't really care, but just outline it at the start of the season, not now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I just don't – there are too many cooks in the kitchen uh, at this point, you know, people wanting – to get paid out in some way, so they'd be like, you know, just had to work paid out for third overall. Too many cooks reference there, Clay. I, I, I knew I it was coming. I knew I it was coming. Um, but <laughs> you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that record is so fluky because you know I'm in a league where I'm. Uh, there's actually still another week, but I have pretty much the points total locked up uh, by a pretty decent margin, almost a hundred points. Uh, but I'm seven and six. The guy in first place. His points against almost 250 points below me. Mm-hmm. So if, we, if you average that out, that's, I don't even know, like 30 or 40 more points a week that I'm, I'm going up against. And it's yeah. just, you know. I, I mean, I've got a 4-9 and nine team that's like 4th or 5th in points. Are you kidding me? You know, yeah, you're like absurd. I should be in the playoffs. You know, in the same way, I've got a 8-5 and five team that's going to make the playoffs in another league where mm. I'm, I'm more like 11th in points. So, you know, it, it, it evens out, I guess, when you do enough leagues. But really, you know, you got to reward points over record. And I guess, you know, there's an argument, I, guess, I suppose, to be made that, hey, you know, these teams are more consistent than your team. But it's that really wasn't the case. It was just the my opponents were putting up bigger weeks. And mm-hmm. so I just – either way, just be sure you outline your, your, your payout structure ahead of time just so that you can avoid any headaches this late in the season with people, you know, throwing it up to a vote at this point in the year. I mean, who wants to be voting on payouts uh, at the start of the fantasy playoffs? Get that done ahead of time. But we'll jump into week 14 – Starting with tonight's game, it's going to be interesting, especially for us Packer fans up here watching uh, from the outside. But Vikings at Cardinals, Cardinals 10.5 point favorites over under 46.5. I do expect the Cardinals to handle this pretty easily, but uh, you, you never know. I, I just think the the Vikings' formula to win, and we've talk, I've talked about this with, with some people before, formula to win for them should be pretty easy. You know, run Adrian Peterson played pretty good defense. They have decent personnel, pretty good coaching. 
Uh, but I think the Cardinals on the other side are just too well coached, too much talent, even with uh, the running back situation. There. Yeah, I think finally letting David Johnson loose after he's been kind of on the shelf for most of the season or waiting in the wings. I mean, granted, the touchdown total wouldn't suggest that, but the total snaps absolutely would. Mm-hmm. So letting him loose is really going to help their case. Carson Palmer checks in as the number two overall quarterback on the value meter this week. I'm still leaning over Cam Newton. I'm going to start Cam Newton over Carson Palmer in the one league where I have a choice. Uh, yeah, amazing I didn't trade one of those early in the year. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing there. But uh, nonetheless, there seems to be a quite a bit of offense in this game. And even though it's a road game uh, for the Cardinals against uh, a Minnesota defense that has been quite injured lately, but uh, is slowly uh, but surely starting to get healthy, you might want to double-check inactive reports tonight. Not that, it, not that injuries on the Minnesota defense necessarily correlate directly with the Cardinals' offensive performance in a way that a Darrell Revis injury might. But at the same time, uh, I, I don't know. I think you can you can play most of your guys. Adrian Peterson's got to get thrown out there. Uh, I'd be a little bit hesitant with Stephon Diggs or Mike Wallace on the Vikings. Yeah. I'm not sure I trust Treddy Bridgewater enough. Even Kyle Rudolph, I picked him up in a couple places. I'm sitting him back down on the bench this week. I think there are a lot of other good options and even some streaming options this week. But unless you have Cam Newton, get Palmer out there in your lineups. I think David Johnson is an established RB2 Um yet you have to trust him this week. I believe this week we might have David Johnson ranked. Yes, we do, in fact, have David Johnson ranked ahead of Todd Gurley this week. So that's a tough decision that you're going to have to make, but I completely agree with that decision. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, we got David Johnson six overall, and I think with the workload he's expected, Andre Ellington ruled out, of course, Chris Johnson on the injured reserve. Uh, I'd go for it. Uh, Get your Cardinals out there and, and get a nice early lead. Go into week 14, your opening playoff week, feeling good. Yeah. Thursdays are scary this late in the year because mm-hmm. you know you don't want to you want to go into Sunday with a nice cushion, nice lead, but you you could really set yourself back with a couple of poor performances and just kind of dread uh, Sunday all weekends. So it's not a whole lot of fun, you know. I'm with you on Peterson. Obviously, you're starting him, but a uh, little worried if I'm a, the owners here, just given the matchup. I'm mean, not not worried about the workload whatsoever. Uh, but just his ability to to get a ton done on the ground, the Vikings' ability to move it as an offense and in, in, in general and score a lot of points, I'm a little hesitant on. But uh, you, you start him, you know, you stick with your studs. That's the theme this late in the year. You don't want to overthink it for sure. Uh, I mentioned John Brown, and, and you mentioned that expectations are pretty high for Carson Palmer in this one. But what about John Brown? He's been, you know, especially in PPR, pretty consistent. Of uh, 14, 14, 17 over the past three weeks in PPR. Again, I know a lot of owners were burned early on, uh, or uh, not early on, but those middle couple weeks where he was active but didn't actually play much. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Jeff high on uh, Carson Palmer again, but not on John Brown, 47th or 49th rather among wideouts. Now things could, uh, I guess, could change. I don't know if he's done his Thursday update. Uh, if he he's going to get that up before the the game tonight, but uh, he was limited by a hamstring earlier in, in practice this week, but probable officially. Is he a guy you'd, you'd think about starting? Because that's a decision I have to make in, in one league. Yeah, I don't think that this hamstring injury is uh, anything you know new or any kind of a setback. Because you look at his last two weeks, he's played 66 snaps week 12, 65 snaps week 13. And the big thing for me is back-to-back, or well, one is following the targets, 15 total targets over the last two games. Number two is almost a back-to-back 100-yard receiving games. He fell one yard shy in week 12. So it looks like his workload's coming back. And with 
uh, Larry Fitzgerald getting a lot of the attention. I think Michael Floyd's uh, pretty much back to health. He's also listed as probable. Uh, so that they're at full strength, if anything. So maybe that hurts them a little bit. But I could very, I could trust John Brown as a wide receiver three, maybe creeping up yeah. in wide receiver two territory if you're in one of those deeper leagues. But I wouldn't hold back on him this week. The, the recent <laughs> performances suggest that you should be okay. Yeah, and you know. I mentioned those point totals, 14, uh, 14.2, I guess, and then 14.9, 17.3. Uh, one of those, he only had three targets and made the most of it. But seven and eight the past two weeks, uh, I think if he get, hits those numbers, he should be highly productive again in this one. They had David Johnson uh, over Gurley. Tough, but, I mean, Gurley's really killed me in the leagues I've had him in recent weeks. Hard to really have him as a, as a guy that you must lock into your lineup at this point, what, what would you say if we had a toss-up? John Brown versus Marcus Wheaton. John Brown versus Marcus Wheaton. Because I think that those two are only separated by, I mean, Wheaton 47th, Brown 49th on the value meter. Honestly, I think Jeff's got this one right. I do like Wheaton a little bit more. A uh, couple couple things going in his favor. The over-under, the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game, is uh, over 50. I believe it's the second-highest over-under of the week. Uh Right after Tampa Bay, New Orleans, of course, not a whole lot of defense being played in Tampa Bay this week. Uh, so won the over-under in the game, seems to score more points. Uh, the Thursday night factor, a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, I mean, I just... Short I, week does Yeah, the short week you. worries me just a little bit. I mean, I know maybe that hasn't been statistically proven, but I got a gut feeling on that. And then the other thing is the, the pass defenses. Now, Cincinnati pass defense, no slouch, but... Uh, I know Schefter heard from Pac-Man Jones that he's kind of uh, kneeling around on a scooter with his leg in his cast. I don't hmm. think he's going to play this week for the Bengals. And that leaves both uh, Leon Hall and Drake Kirkpatrick. And and uh, if I remember this correctly, at least one of them was inactive last week. So if they're down two of their three best cornerbacks, uh, of course you put your best guy on, on either Antonio Brown or Martavis Bryant. It could be another week where Ben Roethlisberger takes what, what he's given and goes mm-hmm. after Marcus Wheaton big time. Yeah, and he's been seemingly like developing a, a more of a rapport these past couple weeks, obviously that huge game. But even last week, you know, he was looking his way more, trying to get it to him. And I think he's starting to emerge as a guy. I know he kind of gets some grief that he's not that good, but I think Ben's starting to trust Wheaton, and uh, he's certainly becoming more of a, a factor. It's still hard when you have Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, uh, just a lot of mouths to feed. You just don't know. You know, I could go – I have – Brown, Wheaton for the flex. I may just uh, kick both to the curb, bench both, and and start Tim Hightower. I forgot I even picked him up. But Timmy Timmy Hightower sounds like he's going to take over the early down work there in New Orleans with, with Mark Ingram landing on IR. I'm excited to see C.J. Spiller get some work finally. I mean, I guess I don't know that for sure, mm-hmm. but th- this is the, the dilemma I'm in. Somehow it's a 14-team league, so it's deep, but I managed to make the playoffs with Rashad Jennings and Charles Sims as my two starting running backs, and I traded on. I traded for C.J. Spiller earlier in the year, but I really never got a chance to use him. I'm starting to rethink, and I do have him in one other league who's been warming my bench all year. I'm starting to rethink, especially with this high-scoring matchup where the Saints are going to have to be passing this might be a week where I'll consider start, starting C.J. Spiller. I've got to I've got to think about that a little bit. Um, just really like, deep leagues, like yeah, maybe. Yeah, really deep leagues. He just hasn't shown anything over mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. But opportunity is knocking, perhaps. Yeah, this seems like one that could be like a almost like Bellatrix, but not obviously not because it's not New England. But uh, where you know people are indicating that it could be Hightower, but then Hightower just kind of plays like a, a smaller role, and it's mm-hmm. it's more Spiller. But we'll, we will see. Uh, tough. You may want to avoid that. Ideally, you will avo- will avoid that situation. Uh, and, and Tampa's had a pretty good 
uh, run defense, at least in terms of you know limiting points to opposing running backs in fantasy. So, <clears throat> but maybe a situation where in a flex, if you're desperate, high tower could could be an option. We'll move on to Sunday's games: Bills at Eagles. This is a pick 'em over under forty seven. A lot being made this week of you know, Shady McCoy versus Chip Kelly. Herm Edwards, that was pretty great. His rant. Uh, just passionate about the game, and, and I can respect that. But if we're talking about this game, I mean, hard to really like anybody on this Eagles team as far as I'm concerned. DeMarco Murray's underwhelming. Uh, Sam Bradford's been terrible all year, and really last year you could look at that score and think, oh, they must have been pretty productive, but really it was all special team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to you wanna talk about – crappy fantasy decisions that you have to make uh really i'm fighting in this one league that i missed the playoffs to stay out of uh i guess our league's version of the sacco in this uh in this keeper nice. league and and who knows maybe i want to tank it and get a first uh well, it doesn't matter because we're auctioning never mind so there's no first round pick at stake here uh but anyway i got to choose between Derek carr against the broncos that matchup kills me or i play teddy bridgewater tonight or I go ahead and play Sam Bradford against the Bills, and man, that's I'm just gonna leave Derek Carr in and cross my fingers for the best. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe they'll throw me a couple extra pity dollars at auction next year. Yeah, you gotta hope so. But now on the Bills side, Tyrod Taylor, that was funny too. Because, well, not funny for me, but uh, my two QB league traded for Tyrod early in the year, traded him back to that original owner for Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, in recent weeks. Then I played him last week, and, of course, Tyrod had that monster game. Uh, really hurt me. But is, is he somebody you'd consider? Uh, it's been a tough tough year for injuries. If you've been a guy, uh, an owner that's been hammered by injuries at the QB position, maybe you trust Tyrod in, in such an important week? I mean, I don't know. This is kind of tough. There's a lot of quarterbacks. I like more young quarterbacks. Of course, Jameis Winston, Blake Bortles, those type of guys check in a little bit higher on the value meter for me. Um, but yeah, top 15 quarterback. So he's not necessarily a QB one in my eyes, but if you're really hurt for, uh, for matchups, I mean, I definitely like Tyrod Taylor better than guys like Jay Cutler, Ryan Tannehill, or I don't know, Tannehill against the Giants is a decent matchup, but a lot of people are thinking, ah, geez, maybe Phil Rivers or Mm. Matt Ryan or something. I I think, I think Taylor is right on that, that level. So he's a, uh, He's a bottom tier QB one, definite two BQ in your two quarterback leagues. Go ahead and throw him out there mm-hmm. then, uh, but you'd have to be stretched a, a bit thin to put him in the starting lineup. That's just the way I see it. I think it's a little bit too risky, uh, even with uh, the recency effect coming into play with the big game last week. Yeah, it's borderline, but I could certainly see it if you've had Phil Rivers get you this far, but he's been struggling lately. Uh, tough matchup, strong. yeah, exactly. Tough matchup, or, or Matt Ryan. I have a hard time imagining. You're doing great if you've had Matt Ryan and been relying on him all year, but uh, if you're in a spot where you know you need a win to make the playoffs or something, uh, and you're hesitant to sit Matt Ryan, I, I would definitely sit him for Tyrod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Derek Carr as well. I know I mentioned him, but I wish I had Tyrod in, in that league that I mentioned because I'd be putting Tyrod out there out of that group of four. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on. 49ers at Browns. This one, uh, not a lot to discuss here. One of the lower over-unders of the week, not the lowest, but... Uh, Brown's turning back to Johnny football. Is he a two QB option? Jeez, mm, I, I mean, I wouldn't feel great about it, mostly because his entire receiving core is banged up. I mean, Taylor Gabriel, Andrew Hawkins, who knows about them dealing with concussion, uh, excuse me, concussions. 
Travis Benjamin, normally Manziel's top target, he admitted this week that he's only at like 70, 80%, so definitely not at full strength. So the weapons don't really make it a lock. I mean, if you're in a two-quarterback league and you have to start anywhere from uh, you know, 24 to 32 quarterbacks, then you know he starts to come into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I mean, th- this is just a game, um, you know, just Blaine Gabbert versus Johnny Manziel. You know, mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel's... They say he's auditioning for his future in Cleveland, but really he's probably auditioning for his future in Dallas or something like that. I think yeah. that was a quote today, uh, maybe from ESPN. The really only fantasy player I like in this whole matchup entirely, um, except maybe the Niners' defense if you're in a pinch, but uh, I like Sean Drone of the 49ers. Yeah. The, the Browns have the worst run defense in the league, and they just don't tackle. So Sean Drone, whether you're setting a daily lineup or a season long, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a go with him. Yeah, he's been kind of a savior for some people. Really pretty impressive. I think I started him once, not last week, but uh, got ample production out of him, and he really he catches the ball. And, and on this offense, he's really one of the go-to guys. And yeah, I think even on the road here, uh, San Francisco, you know, they can't overthink this, so you just got to pound him and play good defense, and they, they should be set to pick up uh, a road victory there. I think yeah, I'm with you. That's really all you can, all the value you can squeeze out of that game. Lions at Rams. Lions favored by a point on the road over under 40 and a half. That is, I believe, the lowest over under of the week. Uh, yeah, it looks like it. So, yeah, this one, Vegas not expecting a lot of points. I'm not either. Uh, but I, I still think, you know, you start your studs for the Lions, of course. I mean, those being Calvin and probably Stafford if you're uh, – well, I mean, I guess you don't have to start Stafford, but I, I could certainly, uh, you know, he's been play, playing better lately. I could see, you know, if you're in a, a spot where you don't have a great option, you throwing him out there. On the Rams side, Gurley, we've talked about, you know, not not locked in as a must start, but uh, if, we're, if we're looking at the value meter, uh, some of the guys ahead of him, I, I'm not starting. I mean, I obviously respect Jeff's opinion, but I'm not starting Darren McFadden. I'm not starting Sharkander Quest. I'm not starting... Uh, well, maybe Yeldon, but definitely not McFadden and West. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would absolutely agree with that. I think it's going to be a real tough. Uh, yeah, real tough lineup here. I mean, overall in this game, uh, honestly, one thing I noticed about this game, fantasy wise, is uh, how about Matt Prater, the kicker? He's available in a lot of places, and he plays this week, next week, and the week after in domes. So he's, you're going to have a dome kicker for the remainder of the fantasy playoffs. If you don't want to worry about maybe you're too hungover on a Sunday morning and can't really set your lineup, although I hope that's not the case if you're in the playoffs playing for big money. Nonetheless, put you at ease, get your kicker all set there. Uh, also related to this game, i got to pick between Golden Tate and Brandon LaFell. Not looking. That's just obviously. I'm not in the playoffs there. That's my other league that I'm trying to avoid. Uh, you know, your sack or your mm-hmm. last place or anything like that. I got to think of a good prize for our league for a prize or whatever yeah. for last place. Get someone here uh, a, a true sacko championship here. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, uh, yeah, I like Stafford, like Megatron. Yeah. I'm gonna probably play Golden Tate, and I picked up Matt Prater in a couple leagues, even some playoff leagues. Yeah, that's a good call, and, and I. I like that idea of just getting indoor kickers for this time because you just don't want a goose egg uh, from your kicker. And so, uh, and while that could happen in a dome, sure, uh, you just hedge your bets. Plus, all those missed extra points. It's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, they're not a chip shot at all. And as the weather's getting worse, I know, I think there were seven or eight missed extra points last week, yep. as many as there were last season combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, it's, it just only goes to show that. 
it's tough sledding when when the weather gets mm-hmm. it's poor. So so move your kickers indoors. Yeah. People ask me kicker. This is we'll just have a sidebar on kickers here. People always ask me, you know, how do you pick your kicker? Or mm-hmm. Even in daily, this applies too. I essentially take the dome kickers and I sort them by over under, and whoever's available, I'll pick up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do it the same way on 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 my daily lineups too. I kind of sort it up by salary, see how much money I have left once I've picked the guys I want. If I need to pick a minimum price guy, I'll do it, but I'll take the minimum price guys or the guys within a couple of hundred dollars, sort them by over under, and take the first one in the dome. I, that's uh, takes the guesswork out of it for me. And as long as I do that consistently, I don't have to you know second guess about whatever strategy I use. Yeah, I like that. And, and while we're on the topic of uh, you know daily strategy. I want to let you guys know that we've partnered with our friends at DraftKings to run an exclusive Rotowire fantasy football contest. The final four weeks of the football season, Rotowire podcast listeners can participate against each other and Rotowire podcast hosts to earn a seat at the Rotowire fantasy football championship in week 17. The week 14 qualifier is now live. It's just $5 to enter. The winner takes home $100 and a seat in the week 17 championship. Join in on the fun now. Sign up at rotowire.com slash DraftKings. That's rotowire.com slash DraftKings. And this is a game that I'm going to be targeting a lot for daily. Saints at Buccaneers. Bucks three-and-a-half-point favorites over under uh, 40 uh, – sorry, 50-and-a-half. So uh, really on the other end of this of that uh, opposite side of that Lions-Rams matchup. And I'm going after Jameis. It seems like an obvious play. and Maybe in tournaments fade him. Uh, but he's a guy that I just think is such a safe bet this week. Yeah, a couple things on Jameis Winston. You have to scroll way down the DraftKings values to find him. He's listed at 5,500 on Jeez. DraftKings, whereas opposed to Tom Brady is 7,800, Cam Newton 7,500, Aaron Rodgers 7,000. So number one, there you go with Jameis Winston. Even if you don't stack him up with Evans or you know as a tournament, maybe Safarian Jenkins with a week under his belt already back. Uh, but all those intriguing plays for me, but uh, – but, yeah, the only only knock on that would be the high, high ownership percentage. I think he'll have the highest ownership percentage out of any quarterback this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to play him in your cash games uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I noticed when I went on DraftKings to check the value, their millionaire maker, just $3 this week, turned 3 yeah, bucks into awesome. $1 million. So if you haven't played a millionaire maker yet, I'd go for it this week. But the only problem with using Winston in there is he might be used in 30 40% of millionaire maker lineups. So that makes it hard for you to separate a little mm-hmm. bit uh, from the competition there. But nonetheless, all your cash games, if you're playing in any friendly leagues, got to go Jameis Winston in daily regardless of what site you're on. Yeah, the the QBs in this game, may their ownership total may be like, you know, uh, 70%? Maybe not. Maybe not in the tournament like the Millionaire Maker, yeah. but well, that overall, but like maybe 50% in the millionaire maker between Breeze and Winston. Mm-hmm. Uh I think Breeze certainly makes for a, a great option here. Uh number 5 among QBs on the value meter this week. I would just say watch the weather. I don't know, I haven't seen weather reports out of Tampa and, and it probably wouldn't be cold and you know that bad, but you just want to avoid rain too if you're talking daily Q to quarterbacks. More so than rain though, wind. That's the big one to avoid. If you were talking about winds 20 Pushing twenty five miles per hour, that's that's what it's really tough to get it get it done through the air. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there, especially when they mix together. That's mm-hmm. that's just a deathly combination. So weather's becoming important, just as it is with kickers, it is with quarterbacks too, especially when it comes to daily. You know, with with tight end as bad as it is, and I threw this out last year or last week, and it 
Turned out all right. I mean, he didn't have a monster game by any means, but serviceable for uh, relative to tight ends. Ben Watson, I think he continues to make for a strong option just because, mm-hmm. you know, you have Cooks, you have uh, Sneed, whatever. But uh, Enough guys to stretch the field yeah. that Brees can find mm-hmm. him over the middle. And, and he likes looking to him, and he trusts him. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't see his role uh, being reduced uh, over the rest of the season. So uh, if you're still looking, yeah, I imagine he's probably owned a lot of leagues, but maybe he's flying under the radar a little bit and then daily. Uh, I like him for sure. Titans at Jets. Jets seven and a half point favorites over under forty three. You, you go into the Marcus Mariota well, or do you think you know? I mean, he's had big games this season, also poor games, also been hurt earlier on in the year. Uh, I just think this matchup is tough. Even though I could also see him winning somebody a million dollars. Yeah, I, I I can see that point of view. However, I just want to point out Darrell Revis, who's been dealing with concussion, missed a couple weeks. He was able to return to practice Thursday. Now that doesn't mean hmm. he's officially cleared protocol and is going to play. But once they get that, once this defense gets Revis back to pair up opposite of Antonio Cromartie, uh, they're going to be a lot tougher to contend with, especially for a rookie quarterback. And it's hard to say rookie when you've got 13 weeks of game action under your belt, but. Nonetheless, it's going to be one of the tougher passing defenses he'll face over the course of the year. That is given they'll play. So, uh, but at the same time, that's going to make his ownership low. And if he does go off, maybe there's a million dollars. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think you know with, with three dollars, you know if that's all it costs to make an entry. Heck, I'll probably put a lineup together with with Mariota. I might put five lineups together just to see. <laughs> well, I mean, one with Mariota. Exactly. We'll see. I don't know. It's uh, I'm glad you pointed out that Revis turn to practice though because that is uh, definitely significant we're talking about his value chris ivory a guy who's carried a lot of owners this so far this season uh you know, production lately hasn't been as you know eye-popping by any means and he's kind of a fringe starter this week as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. uh 21st among running backs in the value meter if i were to just compare him to some of the guys immediately ahead of him would you would you play ivory over eddie lacy uh nope Nope. No, I, I mean, unless you hear that Lacey misses curfew again or something crazy. But, yeah. uh, I mean, last week with Lacey, that was completely out of the blue, out of nowhere. It amazes me that nobody close to the team or anywhere near, you know, can think to report that until after the game starts. Yeah, but that's pretty amazing. Nonetheless, Eddie Lacey ran over. Uh, I think he's going to get back to part of the game plan. He feels quote rejuvenated according to Mike McCarthy you know I'm not sure what that means but I'm sure getting benched and seeing the bench in a close game really light a fire underneath him and uh, I'd go Lacey first Lacey rant over yeah I think you know I think it's hard real hard to trust Lacey right now and I think they've kind of you know they they're even kind of leaving it up in the air as to how the workload will be split even though uh, even with you know Lacey starting to work his way out of the the doghouse but uh I probably would go Lacey uh, just because, you know, when we're talking about the Titans, you know, they're kind of a doormat in the NFL in general, but uh, top five team in terms of fantasy points against allowed two opposing running backs. I mean, top five in, in terms of fewest points, 12.7 only. So uh, top five team, you know, uh, a tough matchup. So, you know, their ability to uh, limit the damage on the ground uh probably serves as any sort of tiebreaker that you need. What about Buck Allen? You starting him over uh, a guy like Ivory? Yeah, even with that matchup against the Seahawks, I still think that uh, I would probably go Buck Allen. The workload's just so mm-hmm. insane with Buck Allen right now. Uh, we'll move on. Steelers at Bengals. This will be an interesting one. Bengals, two-and-a-half-point favorites, over under 50. So just a half point lower uh, that over-under than the Saints-Buccaneers game. Steelers' offense... Just looks amazing right now. When they're rolling, 
they're outstanding and you know and they're missing you know arguably the one of if not the best running back in the game and in, in Le'Veon Bell but D'Angelo Williams has stepped in uh has been really good for the most part a beat, really. yeah really hasn't missed a beat and the the passing attack is amazing but you trusting D'Angelo in this matchup yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty much trusting all the options. This game here, we've got the second highest over-under of the week at an even 50. I see this game going well over that because, you know, it, we might see 24-21 in the middle of the fourth quarter, but then both these offenses are going to kick it into gear. Dalton's going to try to prove that he should be back in the MVP race, and Big Ben's going to do Big Ben things, and there's mm-hmm. going to be big-time production in the last eight minutes of this game, I would guess, in a similar way. Well, it was more lopsided last Sunday night for the Steelers there against the Colts. But between Steelers-Bengals, Saints-Buccaneers, and then the next game we're going to talk about here, Colts-Jags, I think that's where the majority of your daily lineup should come from this week. Yeah, I think that's only smart because, you know, you like looking at over-unders for sure, but uh, when the the over-unders from these two games are so much higher than the rest, Mm -hmm. you know, it's – it says something that you know these lines are like this because people are actually putting real money on the lines to, mm-hmm. to create these these betting lines. So uh, I think it'd be wise to, to pay close attention if you're not already uh, to Vegas over-unders. And uh, on the Bengals side, you know, um, Jeremy Hill had a nice game last week, but I think you have to put him back on your bench here, to be quite honest. Yeah, a little bit too risky of, the play in the, of a play in the playoffs for me. You know, mm-hmm. if you put him on in the starting lineup last week, good for you, but... Uh, it's it's a little bit risky for me. Now, Colts at Jaguars, you mentioned this game, but this actually doesn't have any betting info readily available as of right now. I believe it's uh, it's because of the Matt Hasselbeck injury. I think oh, Vegas, okay. when, this, when this happens, Vegas tends to wait. I mean, I'm sure I could dig into the deep internet and find somebody somewhere that'll take a line on this game. Mm-hmm. But as far as just, you know, kind of mainstream, couldn't find anything because, uh, you know, last week Matt Hasselbeck, sore, sore neck, Mild rib separation. Jeez, that doesn't sound great. Um, But, you know, if Charlie Whitehurst plays for the Colts, the the projected point total and the amount that the Jags are going to be favored, I think, maybe, is going to be uh, significantly bigger than if Hasselbeck plays. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that's why they wait on pushing out a a line. Yeah, and so, well, that makes sense. Uh, But with that in mind, T.Y. Hilton's status also kind of – in flux. I mean, he's probably a decent bet regardless of who's under center, but uh, only 36 yards last week. Jeff still has him 12th among uh, wide receivers on the value meter. Do you ha- think he's that good of a bet? Because it's been hit or miss this year. I'd, yeah, I'd shy back if I could. Unless I've got terrible, terrible options mm-hmm. on my bench, I'd really have to consider uh, benching him. More importantly, someone that should legitimately be benched everywhere. i got to say, Dante Moncrief, right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what I was doing last week. I had huge lineups. You know, I had, I don't know, maybe 150-point lineups on, on DraftKings with Dante Moncrief sitting in there. Ugh. And I was I, I, in the money heading into that Sunday night game already thinking, oh, man, this is going to be my best week yet all, all year. Moncrief ends up not getting targeted until the very end of the game. Caught one pass for 33 yards, and, uh, man, it cost me It cost me a win in one league. Fortunately, it didn't cost me the playoffs. Uh, I would have beaten the first-place team in that league where I'm in 10th in record but 5th in points. Beating the first-place mm-hmm. team right before playoffs would at least let me leave the season with some pride there. But Moncrief burned me all over the place last week, and regardless of that, who's that quarterback, I just don't trust them to get targeted enough. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing Antonio Gates into that flex spot that I'm using Moncrief in. I think that's a wise call. You know, he, Moncrief did show 
somewhat of a rapport with Andrew Luck early on, but he was so touchdown dependent. You know, he scored touchdown, but it was never any big games. It's just like, you know, one a week for, for several weeks in a row, but uh, when that well dries up, I mean, very little to be yeah, excited. I mean, two about. weeks ago, he had nine targets. This past week, low, low single digits. I, I don't mm-hmm. know what the number is exactly, but just not optimistic about him rest of the season, given the situation at quarterback. Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs, big favorites, 11.5 points over under 45, and that makes sense given that the Chargers have been such a disaster this year. Uh, and this this is a great matchup for Charkandrick West, but do you think maybe they, they keep a, a relatively even uh, timeshare going with, with Spencer Ware? Yeah, you know, I, I told someone uh, on the radio earlier today where, where I said, uh, you know, they had a pick between West Ware and Sean Drone, and I said, you just got to go Sean Drone in this situation. I can almost guarantee that either West or Ware will score. One of them will find the end zone yeah. in this game, but it's a coin toss as to which one it is, and that's too much risk for me in the fantasy playoffs. If you have a workhorse type mm-hmm. guy, I go with him. And uh, I'm also and Drone's very, yeah. matchup is just so good, and you know exactly. that he doesn't have to share. Yeah, right on there, and I'm I'm also liking Macklin. I've got one I've got one league where he's uh, been great. Yeah, that lately. league I mentioned that playoff league where I got to start Sims and Jennings. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm winning is because my quarterbacks are and Anto- or my receivers. I'm sorry, Antonio Brown, Jeremy Macklin, and Jordan Matthews hit or miss. I've also got Doug Baldwin, mm-hmm. so I'm probably putting Baldwin in over Matthews, but I do like the Jeremy Macklin matchup. Yeah, he's been really good lately. Had a bit of a lull there, but they really seem to be dialing up his number quite a bit more in the passing attack. Anybody on the Chargers side, I, I really don't think I, I'd start anybody in for this game, not even Phil Rivers, unless I'm absolutely desperate. But even then, he's, you know, borderline, you know, QB2 even. Yeah, you know, it's not great. You know, I don't feel super good about it. But if you are an Antonio Gates owner, yeah, you did mention I, I think that's, uh, that's the one player that you got to start. He's uh, actually number four on the tight end value meter this week. So Gates is your man. You got to flex or uh, – or just go ahead and start him. The one league where I have him, I also have Greg Olson. So I'm mm-hmm. going to start Greg Olson, flex Antonio Gates, bench Dante Moncrief. But Gates is really the only option on the Chargers side worth consideration. Redskins visiting the Chicago Bears this week. Uh, Bears favored by three, over under 43.5. This is another one where tough to squeeze out value, but you know you don't want to ever overlook any games, especially when, when playing in, in daily. The Bears' backfield. Langford's been involved. Does that scare you away from Forte at all? After the game Forte had last week, it doesn't scare me away Mm -hmm. so much. I think you almost have to start him if you own him and are still in the playoffs at this point, likely because of where you drafted him. As far as the rest of the Bears go, you got to throw Elshon Jeffrey out there. I don't think there's any doubt about that anymore. And then I'm actually quite intrigued by Zach Miller. Uh, with Martellus Bennett out for the season. Miller's technically the guy now at tight end, and with uh, Eddie Royal and Marquez Wilson both looking kind of questionable for the game, there could be enough targets for Zach Miller this week and maybe potentially worth a look. I know the Redskins don't do great in terms of fantasy points per game against tight ends, but you got to at least uh, give it some thought there. Yeah, and can't forget about Jordan Reed, too. I mean, Jordan Reed's a guy that you're definitely going to be starting now that the— the uh, Bears have actually been good against opposing tight ends. I remember years ago when they were just a laughing stock against tight ends. Mm-hmm. They're actually fourth fewest points allowed to opposing tight ends in standard leagues. Uh, but I still think Jordan Reed, he's so athletic, went healthy. The only concern with him is uh, health. He's, he's had concussion issues, uh, a lot of health scares. But I think 
uh, healthy. He's especially given the depleted tight end field. Strong option number three on the value meter this week. Falcons at Panthers. Eight and a half point favorites are the Panthers. Over under 46 and a half. Julio on, on Norman. What are you thinking here? Because he's been a, a killer these recent weeks, Julio Jones has. Honestly, Norman has uh, is one of the best cornerbacks in the league so far this year. But I still start Julio Jones. Uh, you know, I might get uh, some slack for saying this, but I think when healthy, Julio Jones is the better athlete. And the way that they get him the ball on those screen passes, especially in PPR formats, we need to uh, get Jones out there. The one knock on Jones, though, he is dealing with a knee injury, limited in practice Thursday. Uh, I got a quote here uh, from Julio himself. It says the knee is great. I don't think it's anything where I'm going to miss time. So uh, it looks sounds like he's going to play. Will he be 100%? That remains to be seen. So maybe a bit questionable there. But if you're a Julio Jones owner, he's in your starting lineup. But there's no question yeah. about that. And Devontae Freeman, again. Yep. You're, you right know, you go with the guys who got you there. Tough, tougher matchup, I suppose. But I love Cam um, Newton, love mm-hmm. Greg Olson, love Jonathan Stewart. All those guys have to be started no matter where you own yeah. them. Yeah. Panthers, I mean, they're, uh, you know, close to the – Top third in terms of you know fewest pa- fantasy points allowed to to RBs, but really kind of near the middle of the pack and uh, scary matchup on paper. But Freeman's been outstanding. I don't think you worry about throwing him out there. Seahawks at Ravens. Uh, you know Matt Matt Shaw pick, pick six over under. I'd say ninety six percent if there were one uh, over under for the game forty two. Seahawks really are rolling and are scary right now. I really think, you know, struggles early in the year, but I think if we're talking NFC power rankings, they're probably the top three teams. Yeah, I mean, you look at the over-under and the points spread, they're basically predicting a 31-10 to victory for the Seattle Seahawks, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that is, even though it's on the road, uh, I mean, unless it's pouring rain and inclement weather, I think they're going to go get this. I mentioned this earlier today, I kind of went talking this over with some coworkers, but Seattle doesn't have Marshawn Lynch to carry them anymore so it's going to be they're going to put it in the hands of their next best offensive player and that is Russell Wilson who has exceeded expectations he's finding Doug Baldwin he's finding Tyler Lockett he's finding Jermaine Curse and making it work with Thomas Rawls so uh, I'm I'm excited about Doug Baldwin's matchup this week uh, top 25 receiver really in Jeff's eyes and I can't really fault him for that based on what he's done of late so uh yeah big game all around here the only thing i'm sad about is my stream defense strategy last week that really worked is you know play the defense that plays matt schaub and bank Mm -hmm. on your pick six can't do that this week unfortunately yeah the only thing i worry about is maybe seahawks just don't have to throw it i mean thomas rawls is pretty good himself so maybe they just you know play it pretty conservative because it won't take a lot even on the road to really beat this ravens team one thing I worry about, but you're again, as you mentioned or alluded to just there, you're high on the Seattle passing attack, and they have looked great. You mentioned that you're you've been recommending people start Doug Baldwin most leagues, even over a guy like Randall Cobb. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Uh, I was asked that question today, and I thought about it. Think think about this, guys. Randall Cobb had eight fantasy points last week in, in standard formats, and six of those came from recovering a fumble in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember who fumbled, but uh, uh, regardless, uh, you know that was kind of a fluky week. I think, you know, with the 
Packers people always go back to the Jordy Nelson injury and how they're left uh, in a tough spot here. Uh, now I think opposing defenses are finally realizing we got to just double cover Randall Cobb and make one of these other guys beat you. It doesn't look like Devontae Adams is going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. They're still missing Ty Montgomery from earlier in the year. Richard Rodgers, huge game last week. I could actually consider starting him at tight end. But uh, overall, I think Cobb's just getting tied up. And for some reason, I don't know, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes, but he just doesn't seem to be the same player that we're seeing mm-hmm. in weeks past. I think if you're, riding, if you're going in the fantasy playoffs, you have to ride the hot hand. Yeah, I, you know, we were talking a little bit before we came on, and I thought maybe that was overthinking it a little bit. Uh, you know, if I had to make the call, I may go Cobb by a hair, but I can certainly see the argument. I make a strong case, and uh, you, know, you go with the guys who got you there, but really Cobb hasn't been a huge driving force on, on fantasy teams this year. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say he's early earned this year anyway. Uh, must-start status. Raiders at Broncos. Broncos eight-and-a-half-point favorites over under 43-and-a-half. What, what are you making of this, this Broncos passing attack in this one? What do you think of Osweiler, Manny Sanders, uh, Demarius? Mm-hmm. Well, related to the uh, the Baldwin-Cobb dilemma from earlier, I was then asked Baldwin or Emmanuel Sanders, and that's where I drew the line with Emmanuel mm. Sanders. He's had... Uh, what, what did I have here? He's had a decent amount of targets in the last couple games here, so Osweiler's still going to him. I know he only had he had less than 20 yards last week, but he had eight targets, and the week before that he had nine targets but turned it into six for 113. Follow the targets, people. That's the biggest thing I can mm-hmm. stress. So even if there's a bad game, he's still getting the ball a lot. Uh, regardless of if it's Manning or Osweiler, a quarterback, at least Osweiler can move two steps to his right if he has to evade pressure. Not sure I can say the same about Peyton Manning. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I know he's playing under center a lot more, which is generally not co- conducive for a passing attack. But I- I'm fine with uh, with Emmanuel Sanders and, and Demarius Thomas, as must starts this week. Yeah, I- I'm with you there. And on the Raiders' side, I think there's very few legitimate options. I mean, maybe Cooper... Uh, maybe Latavius Murray, but this Broncos defense is just so good. And on the road, uh, Raiders, after a decent start to the year, have, have fallen off a uh, fair amount, losing four of their last five. And so uh, I'd be real hesitant to use really anybody in this one. Uh, Cowboys at Packers. Packers seven and a half point favorites over under 42. You mentioned you like Lacey. Uh, not as high on, on Cobb, but anybody uh, else in this game that you feel decent about? I think you can make a case for Richard Rodgers if you have to, especially if you're a Gronk owner or a Martellus Bennett owner and you've got to throw your backup into place. I also, I mean, I'm still starting Des Bryant. I don't really care who throws him the ball, but the man of his skill set deserves recognition. And you think Des Bryant doesn't want some NFC championship, or I'm not NFC championship, NFC divisional game redemption back at Lambeau Field. Uh, I think he's going to come hungry. You've got to throw Dez out there. Mm-hmm. Even Darren McFadden uh, is worth a look. Not my favorite running back, but probably a low-end RB2. Yeah, he just doesn't look good when I see him run, but at the same time, behind a good line, and the volume is there, so I could see that. Dez, I'm hoping, but not really expecting uh, much. But well, I mean, I'm not, as a Packers fan, not hoping he hurts us, but uh, hoping he you know gets on track, gets a touchdown maybe. Uh, Patriots at Texans Sunday night game. Patriots three and a half point favorites over under forty five. Really out of character loss last week for the Patriots. Sloppy again. Eagles winning mainly on special teams. Uh, and you know when you look at this Patriots team, the the weapons are just so depleted. And Texans playing better. I do expect the Patriots to win, but 
I uh, really wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if, if the Texans pulled this out. I mean, if this game was played four weeks ago, it would be Patriots by 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. But now we've got back-to-back losses, all the injuries. We've got just Patriots by three and a half. I could see them losing a third in a row, but I don't think it's necessarily going to happen. I would still lean towards the Patriots. you got to start Brady, but nobody else on that offense is really a lock. You don't know what you're getting out of James White. You really don't know what you're getting out of uh, LaFell. Amendola, now that he's healthy I'd say so I mean I guess you can start Scott Chandler if you were a Gronk owner but you know not with a ton of confidence yeah keep an eye on J.J. Watt's status because if he were to miss the game that could be uh that could swing things in the Patriots favor he missed practice today Watt did with hand groin issues but uh O'Brien did say I, I don't think it will affect him so it sounds like he will ex- does expect him to suit up but just just keep yeah. an eye out if if the Patriots are able to step it up on offense and get it done. Who do you think uh, is the guy that's helping Tom Brady out? This it's got to be Amendola out of the slot, I think. He, they've gotten mm-hmm. a lot of good chemistry lately. Hopefully LaFell at least establishes him as a threat to fall defense or to, to pull defensive backs out of the way. But the biggest threat to the Patriots, not as, not as the health, honestly, it's might be the offensive line keeping Tom Brady upright with the beating that he's taken week in and week out. And if Watt plays, that's only going to get worse. And uh, mm-hmm. Patriots are going to have to get clever with rollouts or something to get Brady away from pressure. Ooh, this is a note that I didn't see when we t- before we touched on the game. Uh, the uh, – Saints Buccaneers game, but Brandon Cooks sat out Thursday's practice with a concussion, Ooh. so that could be a blow to owners. Definitely uh, monitor that uh, in the days to come. Now, also on the Texans side, real quick, Brian Hoyer is a guy who, you know, really I'm not a big believer in him as a quarterback. He's uh, throws so many passes that you know are borderline and could be picked and probably should be picked. Also had that one earlier this year that was so funny where he just. Uh, got clobbered and just threw it up and it was just right you know it's just like a punt right to the the safety uh pretty insane but if we're talking two qb leagues i have a dilemma where it's hoyer or osweiler uh, or sam bradford and it's you know slim pickings but uh do you think among those three you'd start hoyer hoyer osweiler sam bradford two qb league again yeah, uh, yeah. two quarterbacks so you got to pick two of yeah. them yeah, I think Bradford's got to be your odd man out against uh, the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. with a pretty solid pass defense. Uh, honestly, I thought you had to start one at first, and I'm thinking, man, Hoyer or Osweiler. But, yeah, you no. know, uh, Osweiler against the uh, Raiders, I believe, and Hoyer here against the Patriots. I think mm-hmm. those are your two. Yeah, so hard to trust Sam Bradford. He's just been so bad and no real reason. There just hasn't been any glimmer of hope at any point, so I might as well just sit him on the bench. Monday night. Giants at Dolphins. This is a pick. I'm over under 46 and a half. Giants are really disappointing, but I think Odell Beckham is the shining light on this team. Uh, but aside from him, anybody uh, on the Giants side that you like? On the Giants side, outside of Odell Beckham, man, I, I don't think you can start Will Ty or anything yeah. like that. I've seen don't him really, picked up quite yeah. a few places. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I don't think I don't really like Rashad Jennings. I'm only playing him in places because I have to. Uh, and then you've got kind of a crapshoot when you look at guys like Dwayne Harris and the rest of that depth chart. I mean, I'd say Eli Manning, possibly top 10 quarterback this week. Tannehill, top 20. I think Jarvis Landry could have a big week. And between Devontae Parker and Rashard Matthews, one of them could see near double-digit targets. I don't want to I want to say maybe in the 7-8 to eight range. So one of those guys might be uh, fantasy playable. But outside of that, I think uh, you can back off from this game. Yeah, I think so too. And 
guys, thank you for listening. That's going to do it for this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Best of luck in Week 14. Uh, let us know how you did on Twitter uh, and, and if we were able to help you out this season. Jake's at Jake's 52 I'm at Clay W. Link. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, ro- check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. No strings attached, no credit card required. Mario and DVR will be back with you guys on Friday. with the helpful hardware folks at ace your backyard's right in our backyard which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood like premium bird seed suet birdhouses and feeders stop by your local ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want including ace wild bird food on sale now now through tuesday only when you buy two 20 pound bags of wild bird food get a third bag free only at ace the helpful place offer valid through february 28th at participating stores Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.